Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If you're a man or woman, a child, and you're walking in the will of God, Satan cannot overcome you. You're walking in a power that is all-powerful. You're walking in God's power. There's nothing that can stop you from doing and accomplishing that which Christ has put in you to do. There will be warfare, so be it. There will be battles, no problem. There will be demonic and satanic attack, but it will not be successful. As long as what we're doing is what God wants us to do, God's going to enable us to be victorious in these things. Do you ever feel like you're fighting a losing battle? Sometimes life can feel like we're in a war, and the battle we're fighting is one that's at the bottom of the hill. It seems as if the enemy has the upper hand, and there is no way that we can come out on top. In today's message, Pastor Bill teaches you that you are in a very real spiritual battle. Even when it feels like you may be losing, if your faith is in Christ, then you're already victorious. Your enemy was already defeated by Jesus when he rose from the grave. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 12, as he begins his message, Defeated Devil. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, this opportunity to turn our attention to your word. We believe that your word is living, powerful. Lord, that through it, you save souls, you change lives, you instruct believers, you give us light in the midst of darkness. And so, God, we trust that through our study of Revelation chapter 12 today, you will meet us, minister to us, continue to reveal yourself to us through this great book. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're in the thick of revelation at this point. Now, this is one of those chapters where if you just picked up revelation and you just start looking at it, this might be one of those chapters that at the plain reading of it, it would be like, whoa, this is crazy. You know, there's crazy characters. What I want to do to help us out up front, I want to tell us who the characters are. We're going to see a woman in travail. We're going to see a great dragon. We're going to see a child. We're going to see an angel. And we're going to see the offspring of this woman. And so uh, I want to give you who these characters are. And then as we go through it, I think it'll just help it to flow a little better and make sense as we go through Revelation chapter 12. So the woman that we'll be introduced to first, the woman is Israel. And so you can just keep that in mind. The woman is Israel. And we'll explain that as we look at it. Then there's going to be a great dragon that is going to be Satan. And we'll talk about him as we get there. Then we're going to see a child. This child is Jesus. And uh, we'll talk about him a lot as we get there. Then we're going to see Michael, who's the, the head angel. Uh, he's one of his archangel for the Lord. And so we're going to see him doing some angelic scrapping. And then we're going to see the offspring of this woman uh, who are Gentiles who come to faith during the tribulation period. So we have the woman, Israel, the dragon, Satan, the child, Jesus, Michael, the head angel, and the offspring of the woman are the Gentiles who come to faith during the tribulation period. There'll be two more characters, but we won't bother with that for now. So keep those things in mind. I titled the message Defeated Devil, and I'm happy to call it that. I like to see Satan lose. And this chapter, we're going to see Satan take some L's, and I want to highlight them and point them out and celebrate them because 
His loss is usually our victory if you are on the right side of things. So we will see that God prevails. We'll see that God grants victory. God has victory. And ultimately, he will be victorious over everything. Remember the book of Revelation. The word revelation means unveiling. And in every chapter, in every part of this book, God is unveiling to us more of who Jesus is. And we want to keep an eye and a mind on that as we go through this chapter as well. What are we learning about Jesus here? And so look at now Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. John is writing here. He says, now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and on her head, a garland of 12 stars. And so first of all, the John says, look, I saw a great sign. So these aren't literal things. He's seeing a sign and he's going to say this seven times. He's going to see different signs and he'll explain the signs that he sees. This sign that he sees here is this woman And she's clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet. On her head, there was a garland of 12 stars. And so you may have heard this before, but the best commentary on the Bible is the what? The Bible. So when we see something like this, where we would read, most of us would read this and say, that's weird. Who is this woman clothed with the sun and the moon and under her feet and 12 stars, a garland on her head? What is this? Now, there's a story in the book of Genesis, chapter 37 verses 9 through 11. In the book of Genesis, there was a young man, Joseph, the son of Jacob. God gave him a dream. And in his dream, Joseph saw that his parents and his elder brothers would bow down and worship him. His brothers who already hated him. I get the idea of this excited young guy and God showing him these dreams. And he's like, brothers, brothers, you won't believe what God showed me. And he comes and he tells them and they just hate him all the more. Some people think that, you know, I read one guy that said Joseph lacked discernment because he told this to his brothers. I'm like, he was going to get thrown in the hole. God had a plan for Joseph. So God revealing it to a excited young guy was probably part of the plan anyway. But however you see that part of it, as he shared this with his brothers, he would be thrown in the hole. The point is this. He saw them bowing down and worshiping him. We would look back to that and say, this is speaking of Israel. We know the Messiah would come up out of Israel. This is the woman spoken of here. In that dream, Joseph saw, you know, the sun represented Jacob. The moon represented Joseph's mother, Rachel. The 11 stars are the sons of Israel that are all going to bow down to Joseph. And we saw that there in, again, Genesis 37. And in this sign, the 12 stars Joseph is now among them. He's one of the tribes of Israel. He's with them. He's with the tribes of Israel. And so we got the first person laid out. That woman is representative of Israel. Verse two says, then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. So we know that the Messiah was to come out of Israel. And if you guys go back and follow the history of Israel, you'll see that Man, there was just always persecution. There was always people against them. Even to this day, there's always been world powers that have decided we're against that nation over there. I believe that this has always been a move of Satan to try to stop 
what God was going to do, knowing that the seed was coming from this area. Satan attacked them. Satan persecuted them. He killed them. He destroyed them. But they always would come back. They always would prevail. Israel would be in wars that they should lose and they would not lose. They would prevail. They would win because God was with them. God was preserving them because God has a plan for them. I'm blown away today at people who feel like, you know, Israel doesn't have a place in prophecy. And I'm like, do you read your Bible? I mean, they're all the way to the end of the book. God is like, I'm still going to do it. I'm going to do it biggest at the very end. God has a plan for the people of Israel. And so it says that she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And I believe this is in reference to, you know, Jesus was going to be born. He was born in a time when they were under heavy Roman persecution. It wouldn't be painless. It would be difficult. You know, we know that as soon as Jesus was born, who tried to kill him? somebody home on your couch, right? So he tried to kill him out the womb. As soon as he got here, just everybody under two, wipe him out, you know? And so there's always been an attempt of the enemy to destroy the work that God wanted to do in bringing the Messiah, then in killing the Messiah. But what we know at this point is he's been unsuccessful. Amen. Everything that Satan has attempted has failed. Even when it looked like he won, he lost. The death of Christ I'm sure there was a satanic celebration. I'm sure that there was like, okay, we did it. We stopped him. We killed him. He had no idea that that was all part of the plan. I needed, you know, God chose Judas on purpose. I had a mole because I wanted to be crucified. I needed to die for the sins of the world. And then three days later, conquer sin, death and Satan in the resurrection. And so even in that, it appeared to be a victory for a few days, but then Christ came out of the grave in power and victory and great glory. And so, but the woman was with child. She cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Verse three says another sign. It says, and another sign appeared in heaven. Interesting where it's at. It's in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and 10 horns and seven diadems on his head. With his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Let's back up a little bit. This great fiery red dragon is none other than Satan. It is the devil. And it says he had seven heads and ten horns. These are representative of something we'll talk about more. But the ten kingdoms that we see in Daniel 7, of which three of them were subdued by the little horn. These are going to be identified with the world ruler during the tribulation period. This is Satan here. He's got these, you know, false crowns. He he wants to be seen as a king. Here it says, with his tail, he drew a third of the stars of heaven. You guys know when Satan fell, a third of the angels fell with him. That's what I believe is in reference here. The third of the stars, a third of the angels fell with Satan. So we know that he had some authority We know there were angels that went with him and we know this about the angels that fell, that there's no plan of redemption for them. Right. So it was a one time worst mistake that every one of them ever made, that they would roll out of God's presence. Satan did so, we're told in two places that he did so because he wanted to be like God. He said, I will be like the most high. I will ascend into heaven. I will. And he had his I wills of Satan. And then he was kicked out of heaven. And a third of the angels went with him. 
No plan of redemption. They can never be forgiven. They know for certain that hell is their destination ultimately and eventually. And this is who comes against the Lord, against the work of the God, against the work of the church, specifically here against Israel, where the Messiah was to come forth from. And so it says this dragon threw the other demons basically to the earth, a third of the stars that fell with them. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. And so we see Herod trying to kill the babies, but God is letting us know who was behind that. That was Satan. I believe every attack on the Jews, Satan was behind. I believe the Holocaust. I believe Satan was behind Hitler. Satan didn't possess Hitler himself. He was behind that, just a brutal attack on the people that God said, I chose them as my own special people. And so here the dragon says, I'm here to devour her, the baby, as soon as it's born. If Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 18, you can look at the tale of the birth of Christ and how Herod was on top of it, trying to wipe out the baby Jesus when he was the baby Jesus. And he was unsuccessful because, you know, God is always two, four, five, ten steps ahead of the enemy. And, you know, he would be unsuccessful, but he attempted to do so. Verse five. Now it says she bore a male child who was to rule the nations with the rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God in his throne. Who does that child sound like? Jesus, none other. There's never been a child born who the child was coming to rule the nations. So here's a few things. When it says she bore the male child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron. The male child is Jesus born in Bethlehem. That's the baby Jesus born to rule with the nations with a rod of iron. This speaking of what God is going to do in the thousand year millennial reign when we rule and reign with him. He's going to rule with a rod of iron over that period of time. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. This is speaking of the ascension of Christ. He came, he lived, he died, he resurrected, and then he ascended back into heaven. And we're looking for him to return, to come again. And so the child is speaking of Jesus. This is important because it's through Christ that all the Old Testament pointed that this would be the one to come save. This would be the one that salvation is going to come through. And I want you to note something that I think will help us. Satan knew what God intended to do through Jesus. And because salvation was going to come through him, there was a great attack. There was a great attempt. There were many, many attempts to destroy him. Now, for those of us that we want to bring the message, because, you know, this is done already. Jesus already came. He died. And God has left a message with the church and said, you guys tell the world, proclaim it loud, preach it to everybody. If you become a person that says, I'm going to make my life about sharing this message. Understand that there'll be attacks. There'll be satanic attacks. There'll be demonic attacks. However, as we look at here, they were all unsuccessful. So some people think of that and they're scared like, oh, man, I really get going with the Lord. The devil's going to come after me Ooh, and all like that. But I think that's the wrong way to look at it, because God is showing us here. What's Jesus revealing? He's saying, look, Satan hated me, but he couldn't stop me. And he attempted to stop, but he couldn't do it. And he tried this, but he failed. We are seeing Satan defeated at every corner. Satan can't overcome the will of God. He cannot. He's not more powerful than God. We're going to see in a little bit. He's not an equal with God. They're not on the same. They're not even on par with one another. And so if I read this and I realize that, man, Satan is not able to overcome the will of God, then I'm saying if I'm a man, if you're a man or a woman, a child, 
and you're walking in the will of God, Satan cannot overcome you. You're walking in a power that is all powerful. You're walking in God's power. There's nothing that can stop you from doing and accomplishing that which Christ has put in you to do. There will be warfare. So be it. There will be battles. No problem. There will be demonic and satanic attack, but it will not be successful. As long as what we're doing is what God wants us to do, God's going to enable us to be victorious in these things. But we need to be aware that there is a demonic and satanic attack against the preaching of the gospel, against everything that God wants to accomplish in the saving of lost people. And so while Satan failed here, you know, you could look through the scripture and see that he would just turn his attack on whoever would represent, whoever would share, whoever would go out should not be a deterrent to us should be an encouragement to us that God is victorious at every point. Again, I titled the message Defeated Devil. And so far, we saw that he tried to defeat Christ before he came. He failed there. He persecuted Israel before that ever happened. That failed. And we're going to see as we continue through, he's not going to be successful at any point. It says in verse six now, then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her their 1,260 days. And so in verse six, I believe this has in view those that are saved during the tribulation period, because this 1,260 days, a three and a half year period is that I believe it's the second half of the tribulation period where all hell is breaking loose. The enemy is coming against, you know, whatever he can Time is running short. We're going to see in just a moment. And so it says the woman fled to the wilderness and she had a place prepared there by God. This is Israel. These are going to be the Jews that are left, the remnant of Jews that are left behind, that are there, that get saved during the tribulation period. God is going to cover them even then. God's going to still be caring for them. And I want you to consider this. Israel, as historically have rejected Christ, they're going to really come to Christ in masses during the tribulation period. And I want you to see that though they've rejected him, though they've been separated, though the church is removed, God is still have a heart for them. God is still caring for them. God is still covering them. He didn't have to keep them from these things, but he chose to. And these things, what does this teach me about God? That God loves his people. He loves those that he's chosen, those that he's chosen and those that choose him. God cares for and he covers. And here, while hell is breaking loose and Satan is going after and terrorizing, it says the woman fled to the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God. God prepared a place that they should feed her for this three and a half year period, that there be a covering and that she be cared for and taken care of during this time. And so some people believe that this is going to be the Rock City Petra where this happens at, you know, so God is going to be caring for them at that time. Verse seven, it says, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was place found for them in heaven any longer. So let me explain this up until this part. So this is way into the tribulation period. Satan has had access in and out of heaven. Some people think that doesn't seem right, but he has. If you guys remember in the book of Job, in Job chapter one, if you read verses six through 12, it says on a day when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord, these are angels, the sons of God present themselves before God and says Satan showed up. 
And God didn't say, hey, what are you doing here? He said, hey, where you been? What you been up to? So I've been going back and forth, you know. They have this little, you know, conversation like this is normal. Satan is in and out. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that Satan is a prince and power of the air, that there is some authority and some power that he possesses. And he's been in and out of eternity, in and out of heaven, had access. But at this point, there's going to be a fight. He's going to be cast out. And from that point on, he's booted out. And so here it says war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. So let me say this. Some people think that Satan is like God's nemesis, you know, like it's God and Satan. And they're like, you know, some people think, oh, man, what if what if Satan powers up and he maybe wins or whatever? And that's just not going to be the case. Satan is a created being. God is almighty. He's the creator. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. No authority above his. Nothing can touch him. Michael is an archangel. So. While Satan was a leading angel, the Bible says that he was the anointed cherub who covered. So he, had, he was an angel with power and authority. Michael is an archangel. Michael has power. Now, we've seen Michael and Satan have had beef before this. They've had some skirmishes. It would be more fair to say that Michael and Satan, this may be more of an equal scrap, if you will, you know, in the spirit realm, if you can think that way. So, over in Daniel, Daniel 10, 12 and 13, Daniel had prayed, remember, and he fasted 21 days and the angel came and said, hey, on the first day that you prayed, man, I heard you and I went right away, but I was held up by the prince of Persia. I was fighting, you know, I was out there, you know, battling in the unseen realm. And then it says, but then Michael came to help me out. And Michael must be like the gangster angel, you know, because Michael came and cleaned it up and it was a wrap. You know, he just whooped him up real quick. And, you know, he said, all right, now I'm here. I'm here. I got to go back. I got to go do some more battling. But, you know, Mike came and got my back, you know. So I thought this was interesting, though, that this other angel that was sent out initially, not that, you know, it was an unnamed angel. We only have names for a few angels, but it was an unnamed angel. I call him Leroy. You know, God just sent him out and he went to go battle and he, you know, called for Michael. Michael came and helped and and prevailed. We see in Jude, which is only one chapter. So Jude nine, that Michael, the archangel there was battling with Satan over the body of Moses. They had another skirmish. So these two may have, you know, ongoing beef. But here war broke out in heaven. Michael came. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. So you got Michael and his angels, Satan and his angels. They have this heavenly scrap and it says, but they did not prevail. Satan did not prevail. Satan and his angels did not prevail, nor was place found for them any longer in heaven any longer. And so, again, I titled the chapter The Defeated Devil. And once again, Satan is now he's pulled up in the heavenly realm where he's been accustomed to coming in and out of when he pleased. But God says, hey, now it's over with. I've allowed you to come in and out. I've allowed you to come in and out. But now it's over with. God didn't even have to step in and do it. God was like, Mike, I can take care of that. Get your guys, man, and go ahead and take care of that. And Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels and put them out. You're no longer able to come in and out. You no longer have access into this space. It says there was no longer place found for these guys in heaven. What does this reveal to us? One, that there is very much a spiritual realm where there's warfare and battle. There's a demonic realm where there are demons and devils and there's angels that are on our side 
God is in charge of everything. He has all the authority. We're on the winning team. There's more angels with Michael than there are with the devil. He has a third. You know, Jesus has more. You know, we just we know that ultimately in every battle. And this is what I just want to encourage believers, because sometimes we get weary in the battle. Sometimes it gets wearisome battling. But if you don't quit, we'll be victorious. We will win. Ultimately, don't quit. Maybe you're thinking about quitting. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you've been beat down for some period of time. I would encourage you to not quit, to not fall. The only way we lose is if we quit. We have the victory through Christ. We're so glad you've joined us today here on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Revelation can seem like a long book to work through, but it's all in the attitude you approach it. If you look at it as something amazing and inspiring that God has gifted to you to understand Him better, it helps you see everything with a different lens. Revelation is cool. It's a mashup of all the best elements of a sci-fi movie. But in reality, it will bring an amazing resolution to all that's wrong in the world. Isn't that what we all want? Look at the book of Revelation with appreciation of who God is and that He's the one in control. If you'd like to listen to more teachings in Revelation, go to calvaryinglewood.org. If you're wanting to connect with someone more personally about this ministry, go ahead and call or text us at 310-245-4811. We'd love to encourage you as you're seeking God for wisdom, insight, and understanding. So please pick up that phone and dial or text 310-245-4811. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, in Inglewood, California. Our time with you today is about up, but we encourage you to keep reading and studying this fascinating final book of the Bible. We're so grateful you took the time to listen today, and Pastor Bill will be back with more next time in the book of Revelation. Until then, remember who God has created you to be in this broken and fallen world. Don't lose heart and stay connected to a transforming word.